in today's show. We're looking at the waiver wire for fantasy basketball, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen. We are free and available on all platforms. Here we are to look at the waiver wire players that have been added, players you can add, players you can speculate on, players you can drop players that you should have. Let's talk about it. First off, let's look at the most added players over the last 24 hours. Number one. The world. Why is that? Why is Hassan Whiteside the most added player? Well, because Rudy Gobert is out. That's a pretty straightforward one. When Gobert is out, you add Whiteside. When Gobert is back, you drop Whiteside. It should be literally the same thing for Andre Drummond, yet everyone is still rostering him. For some literal unknown reason. Absolutely no reason for it. All right. You might as well just roster every backup in the NBA in that case. Um, but yeah, Whiteside's a great ad for now. For sure he is. There's no debating that, that he is a really, really strong ad at the moment. We don't know how long Gobert is going to be out with this calf issue. Could be any length of time, really. He's missed two already. He could miss more. But he's a great ad for now. The Duck, Luke Kennard. Also added in a lot of spots. I guess because of his heroics yesterday. Um, he's a guy that I've always had a bit of a soft spot for fantasy-wise. Thinking, hey, there's a bit of opportunity here. Good three-point shooter, can score. Actually a pretty good passer. But has never had the opportunity or the minutes to really get there. Well, has he got that now? I guess that's the question. Over the last four games, he's playing 26 minutes. He's averaging 14 points. He's giving three assists. And he's a top 120 player. Is that a possibility for him moving forward? At least in the short term, there is something there with him. Of course, if Paul George returns and then when, and when Marcus Morris returns, it's going to be a little bit different for Kennard. And he's still in the situation where he's got to battle Man, Coffee, Batum, Bledsoe, all these guys for minutes. So I don't look at Kennard and go, well, there's 31 minutes a night right there for him. Therefore, he's going to be the consistent top 100 player. He'll have big games. Like he, he will have good games. They all will. They all have good games. He was great last game, 25 points. The game before that, 14 points with five rebounds and four threes. And the two before that, he combined for 17 points with three rebounds, combined in two games across 47 minutes. So while it's great to go and add him now, and the, if the potential for Canard was you will play 33 minutes a night, I would say for sure he is a top 120, top 100 player. If he's going to be oscillating between 29 and 24 minutes, it's hard for me to look at him as an absolute must-roster, the same as I look at man or, or coffee, in, in fact. And I just think it's going to be a lot, a lot of up and downs there. Sure, have a crack at Kanai. Look, don't, go add him. Right, No problem with adding him. I'm just pretty skeptical that he's going to be able to, and this is the same with a lot of waiver wire guys, that they're going to be able to be rock-solid top 100 guys. Really hard to find that player. And I don't think Kanai is that guy. Truma Kiki's been added in a lot of spots. Don't know about that. Truma played big minutes last game with Mo Bamba in a lot of foul trouble. 
And we've seen at times when he is pushed into a starting lineup because of a bumper injury or a Carter injury that he's put up okay numbers, especially in the defensive stats numbers. But is he actually good enough to be a must roster? Well, over the last month, he's a top 120 player. 27 minutes a night, eight points. He's getting there on the back of literally one thing, and that is steals. That's not, that's not true, because he's hitting threes at a good rate. 2.3 2 threes, but 1.7 steals. 36% shooting, bad scoring, no assists, bad blocks. It's really coming on the back of steals and hitting some threes. And over that time period, there was no Carter, there was no Bumba. And if they're both back, what does he play? 23 minutes a night? I don't really see it for Chuma. The last two games have been great. 11-6 and 4 steal two blocks. 11-6 and six with three threes. 18-6 and six in the game before that. He is playing well, but the games before that weren't particularly good. I, I look at him more as a steal streamer, and he's going to get steals. He's going to get lots of them, and that's fine. But if Jonathan Isaac ever returns, it's going to get even harder for him to push to 20, 27, 28 minutes. I I'm not looking at him as a must roster. Bismack Biombo, yes. JaVale is out. Aiton is out. It's an absolute no-brainer. When those guys come back, he'll probably turn back into dust. But for now, it's a no-brainer. A lot of people added Nikhil Alexander-Walker off the back of yesterday's game. Remember, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Devontae Graham, Jonas Valanciunas were all out yesterday. All right, so if he didn't perform even moderately well in that game, you just say, just retire right now. But he did. He played well. He scored well. Is he going to have that opportunity every game? Oh, you would have to say absolutely not. He won't start over Hart or Ingram or Graham. Will he still play his 24, 25 minutes? Probably. Like, it was a good opportunity for him. And he did well in that game. And he's played 34 minutes the last two games without Ingram. 34 and 37 minutes. And he scored well. I don't think this is the return of Nikhil Alexander-Walker back into our 12-team consciousness. Don't know. Could be wrong, though. Cam Johnson. Yes, Jay Crowder's out. Yeah, I had Cam Johnson. As simple as that. And then, probably, when Crowder's back, even though I don't think it should be the case, um, yeah, he'll go back to the bench. He'll play 24 minutes, and you drop him. Jeff Green. Uh, do not fall for it. Cannot stress enough that you do not fall for Jeff Green. My name is Jeff. You just don't. He'll do it. He'll have 20 points on 70% shooting. And then he'll have five points. Then he'll have 10 points. Then he'll have six points. And he'll do nothing. All right? I don't like it. Amir Coffey. Um, yeah, look, sure. Good game. Shit game. Good game. It's going to be like that. But he's you know, a worse player than Canard. Absolutely fine to stream in. But remember, last game was a weird one where all the starters got benched. Well, not all of them, sorry. Because Coffey was a starter. The veteran starters got benched. There was no Marcus Morris. He played big minutes and played well. I don't trust it. Ayo Dasunmu, one of the most added players. Really interesting to see how he plays today with Levine and DeRozan. Does he continue to start? I would imagine so. He's had some unbelievable shooting nights. Um, I don't believe that he is the level of shooter that he's showing at the moment. 45% three-point shooter. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh on him saying he's not a good shooter. I don't really trust him as being that level of a shooter. Maybe he can be like a 38% shooter. Um, but he's been doing a lot of other stuff where he's hitting his twos at a ridiculous rate. His assists have been up. He's absolutely a 12-team league guy for now. Whether it lasts, I have my doubts on that. And the last guy here, who I think is really important to talk about, is Isaiah Hartenstein, who was awesome yesterday. I fully believe that he needs 20-plus minutes a night on this Clippers team. Whether Ty Lue believes that or not, we don't know. But out of nearly everybody on this list who has a realistic chance of being a 12-team league guy, he has the highest upside, by far higher than Dasunmu, by far higher than Coffey, Green, Johnson, Alexander-Walker, Biombo, who doesn't have a path to a, a real role. Akiki's a higher... Uh, Canard's got a high... He's got a higher potential. And even Whiteside. 
because Whiteside doesn't have a legitimate path to minutes. Hartenstein's got the best possibility there. Now, two games ago, he played three minutes because Ty Lue mismanaged the center rotation. So that's the problem with Hartenstein. But if you want to take a flyer, like I would take it on him over Green, over uh, yeah, Akiki, over Canard, over Alexander Walker, over any of these guys for the long term. But yeah, there's equally as good of a chance of that just not remotely working out. But Bet Online's always going to work out because they are the number one spot for all of your sports wagering action. And the good blokes over at Bet Online are wishing you a happy new betting year. What, what do you get? Do you get gifts for a new betting year? Is that, is that the policy that they offer? I don't know. But it's a new year and they've got a new updated site or that you can use their mobile site, which is looking sparkling as well. And go and use our promo code Locked On when you sign up and get a 50% welcome deposit bonus. From basketball to football, the NHL, boxing, UFC, and right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all of the fantastic offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. Remember also that the trade deadline's coming up. Thursday, February the 10th, 3 p.m. And us over here at Locked On NBA are going to have a live show running from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales, NBA veteran Antonio Daniels, and loser with Pop Funkos on his desk, Josh Lloyd, to talk about all of the moves, all of the blockbuster moves, and we'll be joined by other Locked On hosts as well. It's on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel, so go and check us out over there. Subscribe and hit that notification bell so that you are aware when we go live. I wonder if they'll they'll let me play Jack Armstrong uh, sound drops on that show. I guess we'll find out. Droppable players, speaking of Jack. Get that garbage out of here! All right. These are the players. The top part of this group are the guys that have been dropped in the most leagues. Terrence Davis. We had skepticism about what his role would be when Fox and Halliburton both played together. And now Davis is out anyway. So, yeah, look, will Fox be back before him? Probably. Yeah, uh, no problem. If you need to clear a roster spot, move on. See you later. Tim Hardaway, unfortunately. Um, bad news for him with that broken foot. Maybe he sneaks back in April. Who cares for fantasy, though? Like, it doesn't matter. Um, you drop him. He wasn't a 12 team league guy anyway. But now you drop him in every single league. Um, bad news for him. Bad news for the Mavs. We hope you know, the recovery is fine and hopefully he's back in the playoffs. But it's not going to matter for us in fantasy. Kevon Looney's been dropped in a lot of spots. He had a poor game yesterday. He didn't take a single shot. But if you were rostering him, like he's a top 110 player over the last two weeks. Does that one game mean you want to drop him? Has anything materially changed in the rotation for Golden State? Like, no, it hasn't. So if you had him, just hold on to him. I don't understand dropping him there. Nico Batum. Also, weird game. Played eight minutes yesterday. Is that the rotation? No, absolutely not. So if you did have Nico Batum, who was playing really well, hold on. I don't, I don't get the drop. Corey Joseph, I do. See you later. Bye. And JaVale McGee. Values there when Aiton's out. He's also out though, McGee. See you later. And these are some other guys that are rostered in a lot of leagues that I don't believe need to be. Monty Morris. Monty Morris is a perfect fantasy basketball playoff player. You know pretty much what you're going to get. It's pretty rock solid. His role is there. But there is absolutely no upside. So if you are trying to clear spots for streaming, if you're in a 12-team league, don't sit here and tell me he's not your worst player. Or maybe you can because you might have someone worse. But he's got to be in that mix. So he's despite being a guy that might be ranked 150th or 140th, and you go, well, 156 players are rostered in my league. He's 140th, and therefore he must be must roster. Wrong. 
you're wrong. Because if he is the worst player, if he's in the bottom 10, 15 players Ross in your leagues, then he is totally expendable. I don't see any ability for Morris to blow up and start being a 25 usage guy averaging 17, 5, and 9. There's, I don't see any way that happens. He'll just keep doing what he does, providing solid value without being anything close to spectacular with very little upside. So that means I will see you later. The Flamin' Galar, Alf Stewart. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. He might develop into a solid role player in his career. He might develop into a, a, a starting center. He might. I'll never forgive the bloke for me not trusting my instincts that he was trash. I'll, I'll never forgive. I'll never forgive him. And I know it's not his fault, of course, but I, I hated him as a player coming into the NBA. I hated it. And then, yeah, he did all right last year. And then I thought, all right, he's going to start. He's going to develop. All right, let's grab him at pick 70 or pick 75. And he looks exactly like the player that I thought he would be coming into the NBA. And I should have just trusted my instincts. You've got to adjust stuff all the time. Like, okay, okay, I didn't think this, but it's changed and it's happened. Should have stuck with it. I'll never forgive you, Alf. Drop Isaiah Stewart. Um, Steve Adams. At this point, he's a, a rebound specialist. Much like getting a three-point specialist in. It's the same thing. If you need those rebounds and they're key to your team, then sure. But do not hold Steven Adams because he's Steven Adams, because he's got name recognition, and because he's a sexy bastard. You don't have to hold him for any of those reasons. He's a rebound specialist only who actually hurts your free throws a lot and has been hurting your field goals somehow as well. Doesn't score, doesn't do anything else. But he does provide rebounds. And this one, a little bit more controversial, Montrez Harrell. He's The center rotation there is really tough. There is absolutely zero problem with holding on to Montrez Harrell. Maybe he gets traded. What team is he going to where he's like, oh, I'm coming in, guys, and now I'm the 27-minute-a-night backup center because I will not, I will refuse to play as a starter because I'll get cooked every single time. Um, as a 27-minute-a-night backup center on 28 usage, scoring 20-9 and nine, you know, with whatever, yeah, a block a game. Like, what team is going to enable that as a role for him? I don't really see it. So with the three centers now in Washington, the role is all over the shop. I just think that, again, if you want to just roll a dice and take a flyer on an upside guy, or hey, I've got Hassan Whiteside here for the week because Go Bears out. Do I feel okay about dropping Harold? I know the name is sexy. I know he won six man of the year two years ago. I know a lot of people look at points and rebounds and go, man, it's so unfair. He's so sick. Like I had someone telling me the other day that, oh man, Montrez, how we, we need him because we really need a rim protector. Like what the hell? He's one of the worst defensive players in the NBA. That's not true, but he's not a good defensive player as a center. And he doesn't fool people, but he gets close to fooling people. Anyway, after all that, I don't think he's a must roster. He doesn't have to be dropped, but he's not a must roster player. Let's look at some players who I do believe are must roster. And these guys, I've lowered the threshold now. These guys are all 50% or under rostered on ESPN or other sites. It's got to be under 50. Because, so, you know, as the further we go into the season, the more leagues or teams that become inactive. So roster percentages come a little bit more skewed. But these guys are available in some way or another in 50% of leagues. I'm just going to rattle the names off. Anthony Simons, Kevin Love, Herbalife Jones, Jared Vanderbiltbar. I don't know if you couldn't be convinced by Vanderbilt now. I don't know what you need. Patrick Beverly. I know the injuries are annoying, but Patrick Beverly. Aaron Gordon. Still available on ESPN somehow. DeAndre Hunter. I'm not convinced he's going to remain as good as he has been, but he's a must roster. And I think Chris Duarte is as well with the Brogdon scenario where I'm really skeptical about Brogdon's return at any point this season. Um, let's look at some upside grab players. 
Three in Houston. KJ Martin, is he better than Jay Sean Tate? He's not far away. More minutes than Tate the last two games. Very interesting watch scenario. If I'm in a 14-team league, I'm already grabbing KJ, and I'm just seeing what happens. It's trending in this direction. Josh Christopher, all we need is probably an Eric Gordon trade. I really, really like Christopher's potential. And I may have said this before, but I'll throw out a hot take here. It is not outrageous. I know this is me couching a hot take, so I don't fully believe this. But when I say these things, you, know, you probably know what I'm going to say already. But there are certain things that if they happened, I'd be like, no way, like, there's no way. But if this happened, I'd be like, okay, I can see it. I think there is a chance that Josh Christopher ends up a better player than Jalen Green. Now, it's very, it's unlikely that happens, but if it did happen, and if two years' time, we're looking at Christopher as that guy and not Green, I'd be like, oh, okay, I, I, I get it. I can see it. I, I have been unimpressed with Green, and I have been impressed with Christopher. Not saying, they're not going to play Christopher over Green. There's no way they're going to do that. But there is a role there when you've got Armani Brooks and Garrison Matthews and Eric Gordon getting these minutes when you can clear some space for Christopher. So he's a bit of an upside stash. And then, of course, the delicate dancer, Alperen Shengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. Now, Silas said yesterday he's not going to play him and Wood together. That's cool. Just bench Wood. No, he won't do that. And I think there's a low chance of Wood getting traded, to be honest. But if Wood gets traded, this bloke is going to be the number one added player in every league. So, we're two weeks away from the trade deadline. If you want to just squat on him, Sure. Is there a chance Wood get hurt? Wood Wood gets hurt. Absolutely. He's got ankle problems for years now. If you want to just squat on him, if you've got the ability to stash, do it. I think he's going to be a perennial top fifty fantasy player, Shengun. It won't happen this year, and probably won't happen next year. But there is that upside there, so it is real stashy. Jose Alvarado. All we need is a Devonte Graham injury. This is Patrick Beverly fantasy profile stuff. Might average nine points but get you five boards, five assists, two steals. It's really valuable. Just keep an eye on what they do with Graham and how Graham looks. Quentin Grimes. Now, Tom Thibodeau, I know he's a stubborn asshole. Like, we know that. The dude started Alfred Payton every game last year, despite him being trash. Um, Evan Fournier struggled most of the year. Kemba Walker struggled. Grimes is closing games. I don't really care if he starts or not, but if he continues to push into 26, 27 minutes and if there's an injury to Fournier, Grimes is very interesting as a player. I don't love him as a prospect, but I've liked what I've seen as a really good role player. With the injury to Hardaway, Josh Green, I think, has got an opportunity to fill the role. Now, they're very different players. One's a guy that jacks shots and misses a lot of them. Another's a guy that plays defense and also misses shots, just doesn't take as many. But I really have been impressed with a couple of flashes I've seen from Green this season. I think it's really unlikely he has any 12-team value this year. But deeper leagues, I think he pushes into a more consistent role. And then in Indiana, Isaiah Jackson. Really good fantasy profile. It's going to take two trades or long-term injuries. And maybe we've got that already. Turner with a broken foot. Sabonis with the ankle. Sabonis will be back soon, I'm guessing. Um, Goga trader, who knows? There is opportunities there. He's a guy just to squat on. For now, you roster Goga for sure. And Jackson's just a guy to squat on to see what happens. But there's some interesting value there. Lastly, let's go to some other names. Dorian Finney-Smith, a marginal boost for him with Hardaway out, but I wouldn't get too excited. He's in that Monty Morris class where he's fine for 12-team leagues, but it's probably more of a fantasy playoff situation versus a must-roster now. 
Pat Mills, been added in a lot of spots. Three-point specialist. That's what he is. The Joe Harris setback helps Mills. Kyrie Irving's absence helps Mills. Um, but he's not a guaranteed must-roster guy. And everything I said for Pat Mills there, just change the name to Duncan Robinson. It's the same thing. Like, Robinson's a three-point specialist whose minutes have come up lately. Don't know if they stay up when Lowry returns. He can help you with threes. He'll have a couple of good scoring nights. I don't look at him as must roster, though. Otto Porter, I think, is a 12-team guy for the short term with Draymond out. But there's going to be ups and downs because John Kaminga can step in. I don't think he will, but he could. He had a big game in the uh, yeah, fourth quarter, 40-point margin game. But is that enough to have a regular role? I don't think so. And then Devin Vassell. I've got a name I've always got to bring out there. Devin Vassell plays 28 minutes. He's a top 110 guy very easily. Probably top 100. I think he's a very, very good player. There is still a marginal buy-low window for him in Dynasty Leagues if possible. I think this is a top 60, top 50 player long-term. I, I really believe that for Vassell. Whether it happens this year, it's probably going to require an injury to get there. Um... He's fine to have in 12-team leagues, but the continual lack of minutes is frustrating. And that's it. We're done. Thanks, guys, for watching the show. Give it a thumbs up if you're here on YouTube. I'll always love that. You know, flick it up. Hit the red button. Ring the bell. Leave your comments. What other waiver wire guys did I miss? Drop them in the comments. And if you're listening audio only, audio only, Follow it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app on Spotify. Hey, you can do reviews. Go drop one in there. Tell uh, tell me to Jack Armstrong something in the reviews on Spotify. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.